Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Sherry Lendering, who is an incredibly amazing and talented woman who speaks a lot about how to bring more compassion and less judgment into our lives. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Let's Connect. I hope you're having a great week uh, wherever you are. Um, Today, I'm really, really looking forward to the conversation at hand. I am interviewing somebody that I met uh, a few years ago through a mutual friend. And although I don't know much about Sherry, I do know that she's a very passionate and articulate woman who has a lot of uh, world experience. She's traveled all around the world um, as a dancer as a fashion model, and she also just is a world traveler because her soul leads her where she needs to go. Um, So she's going to be on the podcast today to discuss a little bit about her world experience. Um, She's lived in Winnipeg, where I live now, for a few years, and um, so we're going to hear her perspective on what it's like to be a, a new immigrant moving to Canada and um, all of her perspectives around that. In addition, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a model in the fashion industry, and we'll also be discussing a little bit more about um, her background in dance and just how she makes decisions and her intuition around all of that. So a lot to chat about. It's going to be a very interesting episode, and I suspect I'm going to learn just as much as you guys are. So um, I, without further ado, want to introduce you right now to Sherry Lendering. All right. Well, this is one of those podcasts where I think I'm just as curious as the listeners because I met Sherry um, through a mutual friend of mine uh, who I sing in a band with. And so a number of times I've seen Sherry around and we've talked a little bit. I'm just getting to know her story and I'm really excited to learn more and also share it with all of you listening. Um, So we've got Sherry here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Welcome to Canada, I should say. I know. Yeah. So you're a fairly new resident of Canada. Just got my PR actually about a month ago, but I've been here for almost three years. Wow. And what's a PR? A permanent residence. Permanent resident. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know that there was such a, that's what they called it. The PR. The PR. Wow. And so where, where did you come from? Where were you, (laughs) where are you from? The Netherlands, Rotterdam. Born and raised in Rotterdam. Wow, Rotterdam, Netherlands, amazing. Yeah. And I know you've traveled kind of all over the world in your life, from I've what I understand. I've been on every continent except Australia. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. Yeah. So um, take me all the way back. You were born in the Netherlands? Born in the Netherlands, um, went to high school there, went to university. After my second year of university, I was like, oh, I got to see the world. I got to travel a bit. Um, luckily for me... I only had to go back to the university um, to do my finals. So I basically skipped all the classes and just went back for the finals, did my finals, and then I just traveled in between. Wow. Just working at bars, surfing, um, making hotel rooms. That's just how I got by. Oh my God. What were some of the places that you traveled to? Okay. I started mostly in Europe, like Spain, Portugal. Um, Italy, France, Belgium, London, Ireland. Uh, I went up to Denmark, Norway, (laughs) Finland. Then I went back down. Then I went to Turkey. I went to Turkey, Kazakhstan, Poland. And then I decided I'm going to go a bit further. I'm going to go the other way 
to South America. I did Panama, Paraguay, Nicaragua, Brazil, Suriname, because my family is from <laughs> Suriname. That was easy. Wow. Guyana, Chile. And then I was like, okay, this is enough. I'm going to go back to Europe. <sighs> then my friend was like, hey, I'm moving to China. Come with me. I was like, well, okay, why not? So I went to China, Beijing, only for three weeks. Um, and um, then I went to Dominican Republic. And that's where I met Curtis. And Which um, is your now fiancé. Fiancé, almost husband, yes. Oh, wow. And um, Dominican Republic, Winnipeg. Wow, this is amazing. I mean, it's it's rare to meet somebody that spent most of their life traveling, traveling. around yeah. and really living on faith, it sounds like. It's just and being present moment. One suitcase. One suitcase, really? One suitcase. For the past five years, no, longer past seven years, I've been living out one suitcase. Wow. And of all the places that you've traveled, I mean, you may have been asked this before, what what stands out as the place where you were like, besides Winnipeg? <laughs> no, obviously. What, uh, what would be a place that you say was probably the highlight for you, if you could pick one? I can't. Really? No, I can't. Every country has his, the beauty. I don't know. I can't compare. Amazing. I do. I'm a citizen of the world. Oh, I love that. That's how I see myself. I don't see myself as a Dutch person or a Canadian resident. I feel really from deep inside that I belong to the whole world. So I should have a passport that says citizen of the world. That's interesting. That reminds me of um, traveling in the little bit I've done when I was over in, in Kenya, Africa and, and Dubai, like on the same trip. And one thing I had realized on that trip was that it didn't matter where you came from. Like we're all connected. Yeah. I remember playing the same music in both places and having the same reaction from the people and just noticing that, yeah, it, we really are all connected as yeah. a globe. Yet it doesn't always seem that way. No, no, yeah. tell me about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had experiences like that traveling around the world where um, you notice like the challenges around cultural barriers and maybe stereotypes? Have you seen any of that kind of stuff happening? Yes, I think... Well, the people can't see me now, but I mean, in most of the countries, I kind of fit in as a local. They can mm. never understand what I'm from or where I'm from. And then I say I'm Dutch and they're like, are you sure that you're Dutch? Because you're not white, 6'2 and blonde, right? Um, but in Dominican was one of the places that I had to deal with, for example, discrimination for the first time because they thought that I was Dominican. Oh, wow. And they were just treating me like, not so good let me put it that way yeah so yeah. say a bit more about that like what was it like to be on that side of the fence um it was hard because i got treated by some mostly tourists just like i don't want to say it but like a piece of uh, yeah right yeah what kind of work were you doing there um the i was running a dance school and i was a server right so Mostly the tourists were like treating me really bad or like yelling at me. And then they were surprised because I actually speak English. Maybe not the best, but I do yeah. speak English. And I do understand everything that you're saying. And I don't appreciate it, you talking down to me like that because I'm not your server. Like I, you don't own me. I'm just bringing you a drink. You say thank you. Right. Absolutely. That's what you do. Yeah. This, this is really reminding me. I, I recently 
heard a story of somebody talking about how they were um, getting their coffee in the morning and they realized that there was somebody on the other side of the counter that was serving them the coffee and um, made a mental note to connect with that person on a person-to-person level as opposed to that's just somebody that's serving my coffee. Mm. And I think so often we go through our lives and we we neglect to realize that we're all human beings in having this global experience and sometimes there can be hierarchy and judgment and bias and, and racism. So it's very interesting to hear you talking about I this. I don't think it was like a racism thing. It wasn't just the white people. It was also black people that did it to me. It's just the fact that they were in Dominican Republic and they thought that they were above everybody else who lives or works there. That's mm. the difference. Oh, wow. For me. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's just racism. Um but that was really difficult. Yeah, I can imagine being on that side of yeah, things. Yeah, that was that was not fun. And I cannot imagine being in Dominican, living there, and having to deal with that the rest of your life. Yeah, so how did you deal with that? I just, I stood up. I'm one of those. I just say, um, here you go, here is your drink. And you don't say thank you, I'll take it back. What are you going to do? Call my manager? <laughs> wow, so you got very fiery about yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't treat people in your own country like that right because you will be kicked out so why do you think that you can do it here right right absolutely yeah so i had some incidences that my manager was like okay you need to calm down but i was like well if nobody says anything that they're never gonna learn yeah it sounds like i mean being on that side of things where you're being treated and disrespected or judged yeah can really lead to a lot of hurt and anger yeah is what I'm sensing from yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. I can yeah. hear it in you. And I can see and sense the passion in you about equality and wanting people to be global citizens. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's very important. I think we should just all think about that. Yeah. So how do we get that conversation going in the world where people start talking on a level of acceptance and oneness and global citizenship as opposed to I'm on a higher scale than you, or I'm, you know, I'm not going to respect you. How, how do we change the conversation consciously? Any ideas on what, you, where we would begin with that? Because it's a huge thing. I think if you're going to travel to certain countries, which would be classified as a third world country, mm-hmm. for example, why don't you go past your resort or why don't you talk to the people that actually work on your resort? Because most of those people work three jobs yeah, or four jobs to support their family. Why don't you just go talk to them and say, hey, um, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Can I help you? Show me where you live. Show me how the locals do it. Like, I guess we're so stuck in that, oh, I'm, I'm going to go all inclusive. I'm going to stay in these gates and that's it. Yeah. I'm thinking like, of this. People are so scared. They're like, so scared. They're even scared to talk to other people. Right. Like, I, I get it. Maybe in some countries you don't want to leave the gates. I get it. But at least start the conversation with, with the people that work there because you will learn so much more. What you're saying goes even past traveling. It's like... I even think about just being in a workplace environment where people are scared to talk to each other at times or speak what's on their heart or to yeah. to confront the truth. Or, you know, you're on the street in your own town and you see somebody and you want to speak to them or ask them a question, but you hold back because you're scared you might get judged or it might be weird to talk to somebody outside of your comfort zone. Well, that 
this is maybe weird to say, but that actually might be a Winnipeg thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Where we live? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. here, they don't want to ask things because they're, they say sorry for everything or they think that they're rude or something like that. It's just, just go with it. Just you know, that's like, a very Canadian thing is it, just I don't think it's apologize a, and yeah. be very polite and hold no, back. No, I think that's a Winnipeg thing. Sorry. But. <laughs> we got some work to do. Yeah, because I got considered rude in the beginning because I'm very direct. When you moved to Winnipeg. Yeah, maybe that's the Dutch in me. <laughs> I don't go around. We go straight to the point, which was considered some a couple of times here rude. And then I talked to the person and then... They explain like, oh, this is how it made me feel. I'm like, well, that's just because you look at it one way. Right. You're not even open in seeing it from my perspective, like how I'm bringing things. Like, we don't speak the same language. Yes, we speak English, but I didn't grow up with English. So the way I say things sometimes, it doesn't necessarily, uh, I don't necessarily mean it rude. It's just because I don't know that if I say something this way, it comes out over rude. How am I supposed to know that? Right. Absolutely. I'm working with the words that I learned and that I have here. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. As you're talking about this as well, I'm thinking about how we all have something to teach each other. And the people that can drive us the craziest in our lives sometimes are our best teachers, even though at the moment that they're doing whatever, it can be really annoying. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah. You do? I do. So what do you find has been like some of the lessons or gifts from the people of Winnipeg since you've moved here? Um, what I've really learned is that I have to, I had to try to say things in a different way. Ah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to, um, Sometimes like dumb it down a little bit. I don't even know how to explain this, but it's, I guess you guys are so used to doing things so one way. Mm. It's hard to break through that whole barrier thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can sense like your directness, whether that's the Dutch in you or your yeah, personality. Yeah. And I don't want to hide behind, oh, yeah. because I'm Dutch. No, but it is true. Like there are people on this planet that don't go around things. Okay. We go straight to the point. Right. Just like, don't stop wasting my time. Just say what you want. Right. So, and then let's get there together or not. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about this in like sort of a cultural framework, but I'm also wondering, this is also personalities too, when you really get into it, because... Um, I also think about just personality types, you know, the very direct type of person that there are some of them that live in Winnipeg <laughs> that I can think of. I know. And there are some more kind of soft, heartfelt people as well. And how do they have things to teach each other and how do they interact? You know? True. But if you're going to go into personalities, you can still be direct without being rude. But just because you don't understand me, doesn't mean that I'm rude to you. That's the difference. Right. So it's kind of like compassion. Possibly. It is. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more compassion. Just because you hear me speak and you think, oh, first you think, oh, you don't have an accent. Where are you from? But my brain is working really hard right now to even have this conversation with you in English. Really? Because I'm, wow. my first language is Dutch. I think, um, right, count in Dutch, not in English. How amazing. Right? So yeah. I have to think twice before I say something to you. It gets easier and easier the longer you live here, the more you do it. 
But still, I'm struggling with some of the words, some of the sentences, because my vocabulary in Dutch is 10 times bigger than it is in English. Mm. So it's, yeah. I get it. You need to have some bit more compassion for the people around you, especially here in Winnipeg, because we have so many different cultures and ethnicities and whatever. And there is only more coming. So... So I'm curious about the word compassion, what that word means to you. It means to me trying to understand what the other person is saying. And if you don't agree, find a middle ground or not. It's okay to not agree. It's also okay to not have compassion for something that you really don't have compassion for. But just say it. Right. Just say it. I don't see it this way. Sorry, I don't agree. I can't have compassion for you. Yes. Maybe that's a personality thing. Who knows? But just say it. Why are you scared of not saying it? Beautiful. I love that way of thinking about <laughs> compassion. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that. I, I'm also thinking about, I mean, I do a lot of work in the field of mindfulness and there's a direct link to compassion when it comes to practicing mindfulness. The practice of being present in the moment and paying attention and expanding your awareness and what they found is over time when people do start showing up more present as opposed to the stories in their head that are pulling them out of the moment they find that there's actually inherent kindness and compassion in, embedded into all of us mm-hmm. have you found that yeah no i i see you. yeah i agree i agree and i disagree Cause, Tell me both. I'm, okay. I'm curious. Well, like I said, like, um, if I don't, me personally, if I can't have compassion for something as I just don't agree with, then it, that's okay too. Yes. That's that's fine. But it doesn't mean that I have to wave it in your face or whatever and say, no, you're right and I'm wrong. That's not how it works. I should just let you know. I don't agree with you. I'm sorry. I don't have compassion for this. I wish you the best, or maybe I can help you in some other way. But this is as far as I go. Right. That's important. It's that yeah. that piece that towards the end. If you don't agree, it's like to agree to disagree. Um, I'm just thinking about how so many wars in the world have gotten started by people just continually battling up against their differences, yep. as opposed to ha- holding the space to accept and to be like. That's what you think. This is what I think. We are different. Yep. But somehow let's move into more compassionate acceptance in the world. Yeah. But isn't that having compassion too, actually, now that we're talking about it? Just the fact that you're accepting. Yes. That I'm not not agreeing with you. Yeah. That's a form from compassion. I know. I love this. (laughs) This is very inspiring. What I'm really appreciating about this conversation, and hopefully you listening are as well, is just the fact that we're having such a... It's like we could be sitting in a car right now, although we're in a basement. We could be sitting in a car just having a very casual conversation that I think affects every single person on the planet um, at some level. Because we've either been on the side of being judged or being the judger without even knowing it, right? And the, the balance between those two. That's the thing I learned on my travels is n- to not be the judger. And that was sometimes really hard because you're doing it so much and you're unaware of it. Mm. Yeah, That's what I felt. What, what were some examples of that that you found? Like when, when did that happen and you kind of gained awareness? Going, oh my gosh, 
I'm judging and you didn't even notice it. Oh, um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, in India, for example, um, you know, they had those classes, you know, the three. Right. I don't know how to explain this. Yeah, in there's English, like there's different classes. Exactly. The class system. Yeah, the class system basically. Yeah. And um there are, you hear some stories about all three of them and I met somebody who was in the highest and um they were like light skin, green eyes, long hair, whatever, whatever. And what they say is like they're just like very stuck up, right? And I was like, Oh, I don't want to deal with these people because they're you know gonna, Before you met them? Before I met them, they're gonna give me a headache. At the end, I'm still talking to them. Wow. So I did the same thing. Is that ever amazing? It is. And yes. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, I'm horrible. <laughs> I should yeah. never, ever do that again. Right. Wow. What a lesson in just yeah. remembering not to judge. Yeah. I do this all the time without knowing it. Now that you're saying that example. I mean, so often I even just think about um, one that's coming up for me is just an example getting invited to a party where there's people at the party and I'm like, oh, do I really want to go there? It's going to be all small talk, right? Yeah. Before I even get there. And then I arrive at the party and it's like the it's like complete opposite of what my mind was telling me it was going to be. That's a good example. Here, I have it all the time with hockey. Oh, what do you see? About I'm just, right? I'm not a hockey fan. I just didn't grow up with it, right? right. I think that's just, that's what it is. So then you get invited come here, come go watch the hockey game. Just like, oh, I don't want to go. Yeah. Because these people are going to be yelling at the TVs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the Canadians I, are crazy with the right? hockey. Right? And Absolutely. like, no, I'm not coming. And then I'm there and then I have the best time. So <laughs> it yeah. happens. So is this a matter of learning how to open our mind beyond our, our own judgments? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You just have to give in sometimes. Wow. Just so, try. I think if you try... After you have tried, you can have an opinion. I see. If you don't try, then I think you you have no you have nothing to base your opinion on, basically. Right. So unless you've experienced it, yeah, you don't really have a story to <laughs> plead yeah, your case. Yeah, actually. Amazing. Wow. I uh, I want to switch a little bit into okay. how blown away I am with the fact that we're doing this podcast in English yet your first language is Dutch. I just, I want to acknowledge you for that because Thank you. that's very courageous to come on a podcast and speak a second. Is this your second language? No, this no is kidding. my, uh, I would say fourth, fourth language. language. What are the other languages you speak? Well, um, like I said, I'm, my family's from Suriname, which was a colony of Holland. So my first language is Dutch, but I grew up, um, at home, they spoke Hindustani, a dialect of Hindi, and then the native language of the country, Suriname. So there were always three languages being spoken at home. And then I got English, French, and German in school. Wow. And then because of my traveling, I picked up Spanish. Wow. <laughs> you got so many languages yeah. in that mind of yours. Yeah. That's just, it's really amazing that you're you're able to have this conversation. And I feel like, to be honest with you, it feels like you're in Canada, like you're from Canada. Thank you. Yeah. I worked on it really hard. <laughs> I can hear it. It's just like, it's amazing. Wow. Because um, we're also very famous. Dutch people are very famous for having that accent. 
Uh, what, what English. Is I, I can't even do it. Oh, really? <laughs> like, people, you should Google or YouTube it. But The Dutch accent. The Dutch accent Actually, in English. one of my best friends, his mother is Dutch, and she's got a bit of that. Yeah. I, I can't really do it justice. I no, I... More I, of an old lady accent going on. I, I really I cannot do it. But. Um, What was the secret or the... the I guess the secret to learning uh, English, like what what made that doable? How did um, you get? You know what? How did you get this good in English? For me, for me, it's just the fact that I'm from Holland, because RTV it's not dubbed. Okay, so if there is a Hollywood movie on TV, it's the same. It's in English with the the real voices, but it mm. has Dutch subtitles. Amazing. So I remember understanding English better before i could actually read dutch subtitles because oh, it wow. went so fast amazing right just the basic things but you hear the pronunciation uh how they say words so i guess that has that has an advantage so watching the movies watching the movies <laughs> having the having english shows on dutch tv and we get english in elementary school we yes. start when we're like six seven years old right with the basic stuff wow that's sort of like our version of french in canada we have to learn french although i have to be honest i haven't watched a lot of french movies well you guys don't really have to graduate with french right you can drop it at you can certain, drop it at yeah, a certain see we stage. can't do that we have to have we have to graduate with three languages oh interesting wow yeah is that ever so like, all through elementary school onto high school which is a little bit different here at system but let's say you graduate high school when you're about because of the levels. It also depends on the levels. But yeah. you can graduate high school between 16 and 18. Oh, wow. So all those years, you're you're speaking Dutch, English, French, and German. Oh, wow. So, Amazing. So that's like... Yeah. I, I really love that format. I The thing for me is like watching um, television and this idea of watching like Dutch TV, I don't know if I could even pick it up. I don't know if that would be the similar well, to... Dutch is also not the most beautiful language out there so probably. can you give us a phrase in 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 dutch that okay. would be um hoi hoe gaat het what does that mean hi how you doing hi how you doing yeah. <laughs> i like it hoe gaat het yeah yeah it's we have so many syllables and and um syllables put together that make a sound that you guys are not used to it oh like yeah you, you couldn't even i wouldn't even know how to explain it to you amazing but where i'm from i'm from rotterdam I have a really Rotterdam accent in Dutch. So if you put a couple of Dutchies in a room from all different provinces, you'll hear the difference. Oh, interesting. And they would always pick me up. Oh, you're from Rotterdam. <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? Because I have the, the yeah. I'm just coming back yeah. to this whole idea of like, although it appears so different on the surface, you know, whether it's like our language or our accent or the way we look, like underneath there is something that seems to be connecting us all together. Like as global citizens, as you global would say. Global citizens. What do, you, what do you believe that is? Like, I, I want to get kind of into the spiritual side of things. Do you have a spiritual belief of any kind? Mm, some sort. Yeah? What's What is it for you? I just think we're all connected somehow. Yeah. I haven't figured out what it is. I cannot give it a name. Right. But I just feel we're all humans and we're all the same. Right. And doesn't matter what your title is or how much money you have or whatever because at the end when your life here is done you're on the ground right exactly or spread out like there's nothing special about you when you're dead when you're dead you're dead yeah sorry right. 
No, it's true. So it's like this kind of sacred time to be here on the planet. Yeah, let's enjoy it and let's not pretend that you are better than I am or I am better than you are. And you know what? I'm happy in certain things that there are people out there that have much more knowledge about some stuff because otherwise we will all be the same and, we, and it will be very boring. We need some very special people in whatever medicine and engineering and whatever. But we're all the same. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I love the fact that we have the contrast, like you're talking about, where we can't all be the same in this world. No, we can't. So that we can we can have that contrast and that diversity. Because yeah. if we, we wrote, like, somebody used this analogy once. If you wrote on a white chalkboard with white chalk, you wouldn't be able to see the different textures. It would just all look the same. The same, yeah. And maybe underneath the surface that's happening, it, when we think about ourselves as humans, but the fact that we also have this diversity and differences, it's like, it's so rich. And like, it shows us all these contrasts of... And that's how we learn from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Because right? on that level, we're different, but we all have the same soul. Totally. We might not have the same body. Our bodies are different shapes, colors, and whatnot, and lengths, but it's all the same soul. Yeah. Your soul is not different than mine. Yeah, it's one It's one just one. Connection. And it's one connection. And you just have to choose to do the right thing with it. Yeah. That's up to you. I love that we can have this conversation being from completely different parts of the world originally and still like agreeing yeah. on that same principle of oneness. It's quite powerful. Yeah. Imagine if the world got on the same page that way. <laughs> oh, be a better place. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I uh, Switching gears again a little. So... I understand that you're a dancer and model. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I had um, three billboards in the city. Yay. Wow. Really? <laughs> Have you been modeling your whole life? Actually, yeah. I've always had modeling gigs and that got me through my travels as well. Um, I never signed a big contract because then I was bound to be living in one specific country. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. So, What I, got you into it? Into modeling in the first place? I actually just got scouted. I really? Was, I was 14 years old and I walked to the, the um, downtown with my with my parents and this lady came up to me and she was like, you need to come to her head office. My parents took me to Amsterdam, sat there and they just said, oh, yeah, we would love to sign you. Really? Yeah. And so at 14 years old, what was that like to be signed up as a model? It was really weird. I imagine. Because all these other girls that I was working with, they were all like white super tall, super blonde. And here I am, this little tiny mix of everything. Um, so I always felt like I had to fight really hard for my place and I was just not into it. I was like, you're going to take it or you're going to leave it. Wow. That That's was it. your stance. That was my stance. How amazing that like what we've been talking about up to now wove into your experience in modeling as well. Yeah. And I just make connections and I just traveled and I have... Uh, photographers and managers friends like all over the world and I'm like okay hey this week I'm in Spain let's do a shoot a shoot or you know or, or they were calling me up and say hey where are you um there is this fashion week here come walk it for example really yeah so what's it like to be around models in that world I mean I I have my outside objectives and I can see like you know my viewpoint but I'm curious from you like you're you've been in that world what's it like to be in that world it's not a fun one. That's what I kind of thought too. No, it's not a fun one. Yeah. What what, what goes because on Because people think that they own you 
and you're you have to do what they say and if you don't do what they say you're never going to make it wow that's basically what it is that's why like this whole the term would be like supermodel right yeah i was never interested in that because i just want to do what i want to do yeah i can hear your free spirit yeah in there yeah so wow do you find like i mean i've heard a lot of stories and actually have met some people in the modeling world that have really challenged with like self-esteem and needing to you know look a certain way and like have a certain appearance have you encountered any of that you know what actually when i got to canada um i tried to get an agent here and they actually said that i can't sign you because you're not what north america is looking for that was really Whoa. painful because in Europe, I never had to struggle finding work. And here, it's really hard for me, for somebody who looks like me, to find work. Because mm. I'm I, I'm not black enough, and I'm not white enough. I'm the in-between. Right. And that's what they said. So They I, don't want people with your skin color. And I was like, mm, are you sure about that? And then a couple of months passed along, and here I am on three billboards. Isn't that interesting? So, no, but I'm just you saying. You go, girl. Yeah, right? No, but that. that was really difficult. Yeah. I have, I've, I've tried to get um, at least a conversation with at least six different agencies around Canada, and they all said no. Wow. This just reminds me about, I'm just for some reason thinking about um, experiences from high school where we're told, like, you're not good enough, or you're not, you don't look a certain way, like... Is it kind of like that where you're just, you're told that and then you take on the belief? No, I just think it's just the continent that I am right now Mm. is just not working for my modeling career. Because if I was in the States, I would be an alternative model. Because for me now as a model in the States is where I should be because there is the uprise of models with my skin color. Models that are not the perfect portions Right, right, because I'm just on the edge. I I'm barely five seven. Right, I just hit it. Right. So, so is there any part of you that feels like, um, like, what's your mindset on this? Where you're having people actually say the words to you, which, like, for me, I'm hearing it. My heart's breaking. But when when you're told that, like, how do you deal with that? When somebody says, you know what, you're not what we're looking for. Yeah. What can you say? You just say okay. You just brush it off and go on you know what i'm looking for well you know what then there is something better out me for me out there uh, not you oh yeah then so it's, it's just probably just not just not meant to be it's like when one door closes something else opens yeah it's just not meant to be do you find just in your experience of the modeling world like some women might not have that perspective or men as well like yeah might not have that perspective where they're they take it on as literal, like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Have you seen that before? I've seen it before, but I think now we're 2019. It really does not matter how you look anymore, as long as you look good in pictures. Oh, interesting. How wow. do you call it? Photogenic. Photogenic. Some people are photogenic. Some people are not. Yeah. I think anybody who is photogenic could be a model. Yeah. What plus, is, plus size, whatever they they want to call it, alternative. Um, I love the fact that you're seeing more and more plus size, which is also a little bit weird because they say, oh, a plus size is a size eight. It's like, dude, 80% of your nation is a size eight so or more. So, right. Right? But 
okay, we will learn. It's it's a learning progress. But um, p- people that um, lost a leg or lost an arm, mm-hmm. people with Down syndrome, it's amazing yeah. how that uprise is happening right now. And I love that. That is awesome. When you say photogenic, that's the only criteria to being a model is photogenic. What does photogenic mean to you? Like, how does somebody know if they're photogenic? I guess when you get a certain, um, uh, how do you call that? They want you to deliver a message Mm. in a photo. Right. Right. And if you can do that, then you're photogenic. If you can't, then not, basically. Okay, that makes sense. Right? So I'm like trying to explain, yeah. That makes total sense to yeah. me. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's really encouraging as I hear you talk about that world and the evolution of it moving into more of a mindset of anybody can be a model if they suit the part that they're trying to, to play. capture. I yeah. just think that we, we still need our super, super hot supermodels because, you know, it just works with some whatever yeah product products or yeah exactly sure sure i get that but my heart would be so happy if i can see um a shorter girl who's just as beautiful as those supermodels mm-hmm. but just because she is five four she mm-hmm. can't be on her one way right right so i like uh it's a bit sad but we're yeah. getting there oh yeah we are getting i hope yeah. we're getting there that's yeah, definitely my prayer is that the world wakes up to the fact that we all play a role and that it's not about just the physical beauty from one perspective. It's a little bit hard. There's, it's a little bit of both sides because um, there was this beautiful girl with Down syndrome and she was she was being praised as the first model having Down syndrome. And it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But man, like this should be normal. Mm. Why are we all like clapping our hands and, and be like, oh my God, yes, finally, the first girl with Down syndrome on a magazine. It's like, that should be normal because right. they're the same as us. They're the same people. Yeah. I love that you stand for this like, oneness connection. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's weird. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm super happy. Yeah. But I'm also a little bit sad that... We're making it such a big deal, big deal when it should that's be normal. That's what it is, yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, just the other day I was listening to a news story where they were celebrating the fact that they've got plus sizes uh, mannequins in, in wedding stores. Like the, the models or the mannequins are now plus size wedding dresses. Yeah. And they were, it was a huge celebratory story about how we're opening up. And in some ways it's great. And Isn't as that sad? But as you're speaking, I see yeah. your perspective. It is kind of sad because we should already be accepting that that it's normal it's like that's just how some people are and that's exactly who they need to be exactly oh i love this yeah wow tell me a little bit about your dance side of things as well modeling dancing Dancing, world traveler like what an amazing (laughs) life um i've been doing kizumba which is a traditionally angolian dance started in angola okay and then it's kind of moved up to like europe and it started as a partner dance um, it's a mix between tango and, well, it looks like, like tango basically. Okay. Um, I've been dancing it for 15 years. I've been going around the world doing workshops and parties and everything. So yeah. How did you get into it? I've always been a dancer. Um, I'm classical trained Indian. My mom put me in dancing school when I was four years old and 
I got I was I was taught the hard way, the old school way. It was this little grumpy lady with a stick. Whoa. And she would beat us. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. Beat us to be stay on the beat. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. The old school way. Like when you say she would beat us, like like, like hit you with the yeah, stick? With the stick. To stay on the beat. Mm-hmm. Wow, this reminds me of Billy Elliot. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. <laughs> With that, Basically. Except she wasn't as violent as what you're describing. Oh, yeah. Wow. And um, so what was that like for you? I hated it. I can only imagine. I hate it. And I hated the whole classical thing of it. Um, I think it's beautiful. But me personally, I do not have a connection with classical music in what genre you're talking of. of. Wow. I just know that for myself. I don't, I don't under, um, I do understand the music. It just does not appeal to me. It doesn't speak for me. It does nothing for me. And is that because of what happened when you were? No, it's just one of those genres that like, I'm a dancer. I listen to music in different ways. Like you're a musician, you hear music different than yes. n- normal people. I don't know how to call it. But so it's just not your style. It's just not my style. I'm curious about, um, so you're literally getting beaten by a stick by your dance teacher at four years old and up what kept you going if that was so unenjoyable um part of culture my mom and my dad that was just a culture thing you're not gonna give up you're gonna do this i'm paying for it you're gonna finish wow (laughs) that's all it is Wow. So, and, but no you carried choice. it on till, yeah. to, to, to today. You're still, still dancing. Yeah. I'm still dancing. I just, you know, I got older, I went out and then I, and then I discovered this type of music and I was like, I just fell in love with it right away. Wow. And it turned out to be that I'm actually really good at it. So. Has your perspective of dance changed over the years from back at four to now? Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what type of dance you do. It's all beautiful. If you if you are an Irish tap dancer and other people don't understand that, just whatever. As long as you have fun, that's the most important thing. Mm, amazing. I just keep thinking about the word self-esteem as I'm listening to you and just the confidence and that sort of belief in yourself, no yeah. matter what anyone else thinks. Nope. And at the same time, like non-judgment. Yep. It starts with us, doesn't it? It does. Like I came here with no friends and no family and I went to a dancing school and all those people that I met there are my closest friends today they they've become my family because I was trying to find people that I share something with Mm. and I knew I'm going to find that in dancers so and it's true like look at me now my my closest friends are my family I build a Kizumba community we're bringing in artists from all over North America and we're growing. Every That's... week we're growing. I'm doing pop-ups in Old Market Square. I have people there coming that have never danced in their life before. And But because of the music and the vibe that we're sending out, yeah, they love it. I love it. Just for people listening around the world, Old Market Square is oh. in Winnipeg, <laughs> which is where we're based right now. And it's... Um, just this really neat area of town where they, yeah. where you do pop-up dancing. Yeah. Amazing. And I do um, three genres there. So salsa, kizumba, and bachata. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Really, really yeah. love everything that you're doing. Do you, how do, um, like in terms of looking into the future, how do you perceive it? Like what, what's on your mind in terms of vision and dreams? Um... That's a really good question. I'm still trying to figure out if this is the place that I want to be 
for a long term, this city. Yes. Um, something is itching in me, and it's not saying, oh, it's a travel bug. It's like there is an experience that I need to experience that I can't find here. Mm, do you know what that experience is? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel it's not on this side of the planet. Mm. That's about as far as I can go because I don't even know what it is. How do you know that? Is it intuition that's telling you this? It is intuition. It is. How do you experience intuition? My God, maybe that's because I'm a female. How do you experience it though? Like, how do you know when it's your intuition? It's a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Really? Does it come on as a feeling or a voice or like, how do you know what you're looking for is somewhere on the other side of the world? It's a feeling. It's a feeling. It is a feeling. I sense that you're very good at trusting and acting on that yeah. intuition because just based on how you've lived your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause a lot of people like I was, I'm, I was a female traveling alone over the world. Yeah. So, and a lot of people were not agreeing with that and they were like, oh no, you can't go here cause you're a girl, you're alone. I like, mm. no, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't go to certain places at certain times because my gut said, don't go. Right. So is part of this whole idea of listening to your intuition, is that connected to what we were talking about around self-esteem, like trusting yourself yeah. and honoring that? Yeah. And I really have my my parents to thank for that. My parents were always really very supporting, but also really saying like, you need to do you and mm. you need to believe in yourself because this is your journey. Right. We're just riding along and we're just trying to help you as much as we can but you need to live because you only have one life. And, you know, if you F it up, we'll be here to pick up the pieces and off you go again. Amazing. Like I was 15 years old the first time I went on holidays without my parents. Wow. Which is So you were like (laughs) really out there. I was like, I had summer holidays. I was in Spain. Um, I went there for two weeks. I came back with a job. So I had four weeks left because I had six weeks of summer holiday. Told my dad, dad, you could bring me, you have to bring me there again because I got a job and I'm starting in three days. <laughs> and my <laughs> parents were like, what? Really? Wow. This was all listening to your, your yeah. own intuition. And that's where it started. Amazing. That's where I knew. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm helping people along the way. I'm teaching them how to dance. I'm teaching them some f- sort of compassion. Yeah. And... I want to do this the rest of my life. This really sounds like your life purpose work. Yeah. Is like this whole theme of like non-judgment, trust yourself, be accepting, be yeah. compassionate, live live your life while you're here on the planet. Yeah. Like this, these are great things that you're living by. It's exceptional actually. Yeah. I really, um, I hope I can do this the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I suspect that you are and you will because yeah. this is who you are. It's, it's really beautiful to meet somebody that's really living their truth to the best of their ability. Somebody that's really showing up in the world that way. And I'm trying to do it here in the city in Winnipeg right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hopefully the city of Winnipeg has some sun to shine on you because. Oh yeah. No, I I, I love (laughs) it here. I, it's an amazing city and the people here are truly friendly. Yeah. True that. I'm always a big advocate for those of you listening in other parts of the world to at least come experience Winnipeg for like, a few sure. days at least, because there's a lot going on here that's kind of one. Well, is wonderful, you know, from the arts community to if you're into hockey, even if you're not, you got to come to some hockey. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking too, as we get towards the end of this, that 
a lot of people come on my podcast to promote something that they're doing, like a work that they're doing or whatnot. I, I don't know if you have anything, but I, what I'm really loving about our conversation is it's not like product driven or you're trying to sell anything beyond you're trying to sell and name compassion and self-esteem, like these really important topics in a real way. I, yeah, no, I don't want to promote any products. I really want um, people to know that it's important to have compassion and to accept things, right? To, to find that sort of love for your other humans on this planet. And you said we're having, we're, we have listeners around the world. I know that every continent has its own issues. I get that. And I'm just, just trying to find a way that I can help all of them. Yeah. Like, for example, my one of my things that I have in mind is like I want to go to Asia, particularly India, to talk to teach females about female hygiene, for example, mm. just because they just nobody told them. Yeah, that's a great vision. It's just one of the things on my list. Yeah, I suspect your bucket list is long <laughs> with this kind of intention. I don't it's know beautiful. if I have enough life to do my whole bucket list. <laughs> what a great place to be, to have oh. all of that vision. It's great. Wow. Well, I uh, am really, really grateful that you came here on the program to, to chat with me. me. Thank you. Is there, um, I don't know, is there any any way to keep in touch with you if people have questions or they want more advice on anything that we've talked about yeah they can always reach me on facebook okay perfect and Absolutely. we will post your name up it's under your name yes okay we'll post your name in the notes Absolutely. and uh once again sherry thank you so much for being here on the podcast yeah no awesome if people want to talk to me you can always reach out to me no matter what time it is beautiful yeah no matter where you're in the in the world great i'm there to listen not to judge just to listen ah uh, thank you hey thanks all right. Well, that concludes another episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sherry just as much as I did. I am definitely going to be a lot more aware about bringing compassion and less judgment into every conversation that I have and just also in the way that I'm thinking about uh, life as I'm moving through it. I hope that uh, you'll carry on a similar viewpoint and maybe even take up a dance class this summer if it happens to be in your area of the world. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time on Let's Connect.